So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This season, for everyone's sake, is brought to you by Carfection, now starring Terry Saunders, as you have never seen him before. Do you mean I'm half naked and have an ounce of self-confidence? When they're not filming, Terry, Carfection on YouTube is the place to go for anyone who loves cars that are fast, expensive, luxurious or just plain cool. And I am one of those things. What, plain? And it features the best-looking car content anywhere online. And I'm pretty sure the fifth best-looking Terry after Terry Hatcher, Terry Waite, Terry Butcher... And Terry Towning. <laughs> Visit youtube.com forward slash carfection now. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the Fernando Alonso of F1 Podcasts. Yep, we're back, even though you don't really want us back, and we're going to be disappointing. <laughs> and we're going to complain about everything all the time. Oh, no, we're not. I mean, it's just you. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the Ferrari contract negotiation of F1 Podcasts. There's no podcast. <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, at last we can doze off on a Sunday afternoon again. I was really enjoying a nice nap before that race got good. (laughs) Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the only F1 podcast allowed in this bubble. Yep, we have socially distanced ourselves from all the other podcasts. I mean, we'd done that before any of this pandemic came to light. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, if Mist Apex is Lewis Hamilton, then we are Alexander Albon's tears. It's one of those jokes that kind of sounds funny. But then when you think about it, it doesn't make sense. I'm Chigrez, and today, still from our houses and not a pub as per usual, we are going to talk about the first of 25 bi-weekly Austrian Grands Prix, where Hamilton took a knee, avoided the Kirby's and got a penalty. That's all to come. Someone's been watching Hamilton. Joining me is a man who is in dire need of a stylist. It is Phil Tromans. Oh, this oh, this Phil. lockdown has not been good for my uh, previously flawless look. My beard's out of control, by which you I mean rugged. it's shit. And I'm not willing to let my wife cut it because she did why that not? once before. Well, she's done it before and that's why I'm not letting her do it again. Well, why uh, aren't you cutting the beard though? You can cut the beard. Oh, well, I can, I can, but I can't do it very well. It... it, it, it looks less terrible if I leave it, but it still looks pretty terrible if I leave it. It is impressive that it grows goatee. It grows at wildly different rates. Like, the chin grows really fast, the size really slowly. So I end up with this sort of weird system of a down style thing going on. Oh, you can't say that. What? Oh, is that a band? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a band and not a syndrome. And alongside him is a bearded Terry Saunders in his dressing gown... And unloved by car nerds. <laughs> well, firstly, I'm the opposite of Phil. After my mistaken beard shaving when we did the first podcast, mm-hmm. my beard is now back. I and couldn't say that was what, ever. three weeks, was that? <laughs> that was like yesterday. You've got so my beard now, in three weeks and I've had it six months. <laughs> I'm now fully bearded again, which feels good. Lifelong podcast fans may have seen that we've 
done some videos for Carfection. The video went up on Friday, just gone. Talk, me talking about the coronavirus in Formula One. And turns out that uh, <laughs> men, let's face it, men who subscribe to <laughs> car YouTube channels don't have a sense of humour. <laughs> what? I know. Can no, you believe in fairness, it? not all of them do. I mean, you know, judging by the like to dislike ratio, quite a lot of them don't. <laughs> but there are more likes than dislikes. Do you know what? Actually, I had to check again. It seems like the people who watch the video straight away are, are those. And then over the week, there's been a lot of people saying nice things. So I'll take it. So if you haven't watched it, you should go to youtube.com forward slash cuffection and watch it and give it a like and then a comment that says, who's this and then <laughs> and then come back here and subscribe to the podcast even though you already are unsubscribe again subscribe subscribe twice get up a different account get your wife's account get her to subscribe don't be sexist oh yeah as if we've got women listeners come oh on. yeah who would come listen on. and on that note if you have come from Carfection let me introduce you to Chica she's a woman <laughs> you won't have seen one of those before <laughs> hello yes that's right and Chica, what have you been up to? Uh, well, of course, I've been being a woman, you know, just doing woman things. Menstruating. Oh, menstruating, <laughs> that's right. Ovulating. It's been an exciting month. Next month will be the same. <laughs> um, well, this month, as well as that, I also turned 30. Holy shit, I didn't realise it was that day. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I should have done that. Yeah, for thanks for your happy birthday, Phil. Yeah, sorry, happy birthday. I forgot to mention I turned 40. Forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, well. Yeah, it's less of a thing in ten years' time. I said happy birthday to you, and you, you didn't did. say happy yeah, birthday to sorry. me. Happy I said birthday, birthday to you. Thank you, Terry. I said happy birthday to both of you. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. it pop up on Facebook? Because I didn't see it. If it had, I would have said happy birthday. She's blocked you. Oh, probably why. <laughs> blocked, deleted. Well, well done. Did you have a big party? Uh, I actually had a surprise party. Um, my friends they threw me a surprise festival party because it was in my friend's back garden, and I got there and. I was given a backpack. In there was a toilet roll and various items that I wasn't really sure what they were. And when I got there, my friend was in a high-vis jacket and she gave me a bag check. Once I'd been allowed into the festival, my friends were there and they'd put on an entire day of Cheeks Fest when we had um, events going on all day, uh, we had a silent disco. They tried to recreate the pyramid stage with bed sheets. Oh, uh, wow. with a Toblerone. <laughs> oh, that would have been beautiful. Uh, it rained oh. all day, which was also Apt. good. Apt, yeah. It's funny yeah. that because I went to a thing called Cheeks Fest once. <laughs> okay, bitches, it's time for Listener's Corner, where we're talking about all the news that's been dropping in F1 over the past couple of weeks. Before we get into the Austrian Grand Prix, let's talk about the big breaking news of the moment, or at least the moment we're recording. Nando's back! Fernando Alonso is returning to Renault from next year, taking Daniel Ricciardo's seat alongside Esteban Ocon on a two-year deal. This will be the third time Alonso has driven for Renault. The first time he won two world championships. The second time he convinced his teammate to crash into the wall for him. Allegedly. We dread to think what is going to happen the third time. So, Kevin Barry says, It will be great to watch him running around behind McLaren. Bryce Davies is getting all philosophical and says, A horse that eats where it has trodden will walk in circles and forever be hungry. Time to move on, Fernando. Jesus, that's deep. Liam Hannaway says, Alonso and Abitable together is going to be 
beautiful carnage. Let the memes commence. And Craig Webster says, this will be epic for all the wrong reasons. This is the what? start of something special. I mean, where do we begin? Should we What's begin in 2005, point? 2006? When, when he Alonso was... and Renault were very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they won championships and he did his funny little monkey dance on everyone on top of the car and everyone went, oh, Fernando, he's brilliant. And then uh, he went to McLaren, it was a disaster. And then he went back to Renault. Disaster. And he got Nelson Piquet to crash into a wall so he could win, allegedly. 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 Um, then he went to disaster. Ferrari and that was a disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, then he, went he went back to McLaren. Big disaster. Yeah. Then he then left he went- for a bit. IndyCar, disaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Le Mans cheated, really, just by being no, the no. best car. In fairness, Le Mans, he won, but he was basically in the only team that was any good. Yeah. It was sort of the equivalent of if, if, if F1 was Mercedes and a load of Formula 3 cars, <laughs> he managed to win in a Mercedes. Um, and now he's coming back to Renault. Yeah, and I think we can all agree that Renault have been looking like they're going to be the, the next big thing. They've been talking the talk, but they have been walking like someone who's lost their legs. They've been awful. Like, even just this weekend, you know, the start of the season, they did recover. Oh, uh, Ocon was eighth, seventh or eighth, eighth. Um, yeah, but a lot of cars had to fall out of the, the yeah, race Ricard- for him to finish eighth. Including Ricardo. Um I mean, I, I said at the time on Twitter, this is going to be the most passive-aggressive driver-team combination that we've ever seen. Between Abitable, who has just been super snarky about pretty much everything, and Alonso, who has been super snarky about pretty much everything. They're just going to wind each other up so much. But you know what this does mean, don't you? Next year's Netflix. <sighs> It's going to be fucking amazing. I mean, just a detour of that. What's ne- next year's Netflix going to be like? Are Netflix even allowed in? Because there's hardly anyone allowed in at the races anymore. That's a point. I've not heard anyone mention Netflix. They wouldn't have been anywhere during... Unless it's all just like shot from, you know, webcams. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> What's it going to be? But the year after Netflix... Yeah. Oh. He'll, well, he'll have gone by then. He'll have thrown a paddy and probably be banned, banned by Renault. But it would ever. be. He would have had... His leaving ceremony would have been extremely dramatic. Oh, I mean, what what's going to happen? I mean, at best, next year, Renault are going to be, you know, shit. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to... And Kevin's right. He's going to be driving He's going to be driving around behind the McLarens. If he'd have stayed at McLaren for an extra two years, three years, he would now be... He could have been on the podium. You know, he could have legitimately... And knowing him, he could have won that race if he'd yeah. have stayed at McLaren. For all but, our mocking of him, he's a very good driver. But what Fernando's really good at is making a bad decision... And then making the next decision at the wrong time to make the bad decision worse. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, he left Ferrari or got kicked out of Ferrari when they went on to be a bit stronger. Then he was, he, you know, fair play to him. He stuck around at McLaren for a while and then left. And as soon as they left, they went, <laughs> oh, actually, we've worked this out. Maybe you were holding us back, mate. <laughs> and now he's going to Renault just as they're losing the will to live. They just had to lay off a bunch of staff who must have been delighted to see that they're paying Alonso some stupid salary. Well, will, they, Boys, will they be? I, that's a good point. I mean, his mm. cachet is pretty low. Do you reckon he's it's on... It's the kind of thing... I've, I think Renault probably needed him... Well, they probably kind of needed each other because Renault... Who else is going to go to Renault? I don't think Vettel was ever going to go there. He's certainly not now, but um, he was the only other real option. Or they get uh, Guang Yuzhu, who's... You know, looks good, but is incredibly um, young and 
you know, inexperienced in Formula One. They've got Esteban Ocon there who's good but doesn't have a vast amount of experience. If they're going to make the car better, they need somebody good who can say, do this, do this, do this. I mean, yeah. Alonso maybe wouldn't be my first choice, but, you know, he, he has got a lot of experience. Um, but then he, he hadn't really got any other choice either. Because you remember when he left, he was like, oh, I'm not sticking around unless I've got a chance of winning again. And okay. if he wants to be in, if he wants to be in a winning car any time in the next few years, and bear in mind he's forty now, I think, which, as we can all agree, is very, very old. Um, who, who else is going to have him? Nobody. If he wants to be in it, like if he was out for another year, everyone forget about him. But we should remember that we are burying the lead here, and the important part of this story is the glorious return of Kimoa to the Formula One sponsorship <laughs> race. Finally. Renault's new title sponsor. And also, have you noticed that Renault, as they announced it, are called Renault DP Formula One Racing? Oh, yeah, I think they're, they're sponsored by... I'm going to look it up. Because DP... I don't, I don't want to put this on my search history. Because DP means something else, I'm just saying. And when they just keep saying Renault DP, it's like, well, that's maybe how they're paying him. Okay, so enough of Nando. Uh, let's talk. Sponsored by DP World. See? Which is a company and nothing more. Great. What, what is the company? It's Actually, a theme park where you go and get... <laughs> the log flume is very painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they run two log flumes side by side, I think. <laughs> Don't go on the corkscrew. <laughs> okay, so enough of that. Let's talk about the non-Styrian Grand Prix that finally kicked off the 2020 season. It was a race that Mercedes was surely going to dominate, and so they did. But it wasn't quite that straightforward. Sure, Bottas won, and the car was super quick, thanks in part to the now definitely legal dual-axis steering system. But both Mercs look fragile on the vicious Austrian curbs, and Hamilton dumped himself off the podium by having another kerfuffle with Alex Albon. Ben Turnbull has a game to play. How many ways can you say, stop racing each other and don't overtake, without actually saying it? Craig Thurston has questions. Hamilton was banged to rights with the five-second penalty, wasn't he? David Coulthard and Ben Edwards seem to think it was unfair. Also, did Mercedes mess up not changing tyres under the second safety car? Albon could have had a win if it hadn't been punted off. Speaking of Albon, Dave O'Boll says, Albon needs to just walk up to Hamilton and punch him square in the face. That might be the only way Hamilton gives him any respect. Well, let's work backwards. I agree that a punch-up would have been great, but it would have actually broken social distancing rules. <laughs> Honestly, it's a really long arm. You can, you can only punch someone in your own bubble. So they need two-metre-long sticks, like Albon could, sticks. What Albon could have done is ask Bottas to punch Hamilton on his behalf. Yes, that would have been worse because they're in the, they're same, in the bubble. same bubble. Same yeah. bubble, exactly. Um, I think Hamilton was bang to rights. But I also think Albon should have just been more patient. See, I've been thinking about this. I so agree I with you, Terry. Thank you. You don't Thank agree you. with him, or you do? I agree with you, Terry. Okay, Thank I don't. You. I Thank don't you. agree with you, Terry. Ooh. Ooh. I think that was a that was a paid up member of the uh, racing incident club. I I've watched it a couple of times now, and I don't really see what else Hamilton could have done. Yet, yes, he hit him at a point when Albon was ahead of him, but at the time they turned into the corner, Hamilton was ahead. And if you look in and the in-car thing, Hamilton turned into the corner and his steering wheel didn't move. He didn't move it out to open out of the corner. 
and he even lifted off a little bit to try and tuck it in a little bit more when he saw Adam coming around the outside. There's only so much you can do with physics. And between that point of them turning in and the point of them coming out and hitting each other, Hamilton, as far as I can tell, did everything he possibly could to not crash into him. And I think that's, you know, it's unfortunate for Albon, and it would have been an amazing move if it had worked. But I think that's just a racing incident. And, uh, you know, giving Hamilton a five-second penalty isn't going to help Albon. So I think it was a bit harsh on Hamilton. I still think, though, that Albon should have... Should have just fucking waited. He was going to get him anyway. There, well, there is that. Yeah, I mean, he was but so much quicker. on the other hand, him not waiting did make it a lot more of an exciting race. So, I mean, it was fun. Yeah, no, I'm not arguing with that. It was great to watch. But um, yeah, if he'd have waited another couple of corners, he would have had him anyway because yeah, well, he had brand new soft tyres and Hamilton was on old, mediums or hards. And yeah, you know, it, it was only the last race, even though it was six months ago, where the same thing happened. And we've all seen the Netflix where Albon's criminal mother was crying. <laughs> and he needs that podium. Uh, Albon's criminal mother sounds like a band. Should we address the other couple of points? What was it? The Stop racing well, each other and don't overtake. I don't think they were saying that. I think they were genuinely freaking out about the curbs, which, which is fascinating because what happens next week? Because yeah, well, the curbs I mean, are going to still be there. Yeah. I mean, taking sort of a step back... I mean, what do you think? Because it is the same racetrack. Is it not going to be the same race? No, no, it's the Styrian Grand Prix. What are you talking about? It's not the same sorry, race. Sorry, sorry, you're right. Sorry, was the, I'm This was the no, Austrian no, 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 Grand Prix. No. Next week is the Styrian Grand Prix. It's going to be very the, different. The, the worry was it was going to be the same, but this race was so mental, it can't be, it can't be the same. At, at, at best, or at worst, it would be as mental. Yeah. But in a different way, because it won't be the same cars. Because well, so this, many cars just but no, but run they out. know what to do now, Terry. It's not. There's no going to be. There's gonna, not going to be any surprises. <laughs> well, they've solved it. There's like, they've oh, we figured it out now. It. It's all <laughs> going to be. But what I want to know mirror so signal. What can Mercedes do this week to stop those curbs fucking them up? Put more glue on the uh, gearbox. See, I don't think they're, they're not the kind of team that do that. They'll have to get something like three D printed. Yeah, I'd imagine they've probably got a little portable 3D printer that they've brought to the track. I just think, um, I think, and then how many spare parts, that, oh, it's Mercedes, they've got all the spare parts. I think it's going to happen again, and I think I think Verstappen's going to win the next one, and I think that Bottas is going to crash out. Well, you say that, but I mean, we're, issues. we're talking about the Mercedes being fragile, but they finished in a race where nine cars, including both Red Bulls, didn't because they broke down. It's true. I mean, for all of the, I mean, we, well, we got, we'll go on to Red Bull later, won't we? But you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. But next, no, next week's going to be very. This was the Austrian Grand Prix. This was the Grand Prix of the whole of Austria, whereas it's a lot more localized next time. It's, it's the, a, Syria is a region. Styrofoam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it's going to be it's going to be very it's different. Very different. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I apologise for that. Um, so moving on to Ferrari now. Um, how can we put it? Uh, they were shit. Slow as heck in a straight line, and they were saved only by luck with safety cars and and Leclerc managing to wangle his way onto the podium. Um, so, what did you say? Nick Peppel says Ferrari have vowed not to finish second in the constructors for yet another year, and it looks like they'll succeed in that. Luke Williams says Signs is surely on the phone to McLaren, begging them to let him stay. Leclerc helps Ferrari with their embarrassment, but only due to Red Bull's wings falling off. 
Will Bowen asks, has Ferrari made the right choice getting rid of Vettel? Yes, especially if they're planning to stay in the midfield. Have Ferrari chosen the right McLaren driver to replace him? Jury's out on that. Sainz was good, but Norris was better. Kevin Barry has observed Ferrari goes slower than the year before, despite having identical rules, except for the no cheating thing. So whatever was up with their engine in that secret FIA deal, mm-hmm. coincidentally, seems to have made them a lot slower now they've stopped doing that thing that definitely wasn't cheating. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Um, although they do appear to have compounded that, because we noticed that at the end of last year, was at the last couple of races suddenly, oh, it's like they're, normal, they're not quite as fast in a straight line as they used to be. Whereas this time, apparently last year Ferrari's weakness was their downforce in the corners. So over the over the uh, the winter they're like, right, we're going to sort that out. We're going to put all the downforce on for the corners, and they've done that, and it is quicker through the corners. But the trouble is, in putting all that downforce on, they've now made it incredibly draggy on the straights to the point where it was the slowest car in a straight line of all of them in Austria. Um, Ferrari, Ferrari are just shit, aren't they? Let's, <laughs> let's face it. Over the years, I've been watching Formula One for thirty odd years, and yes, there was a Schumacher years, but that's starting to look like a, a aberration of the statistics because <laughs> they are just shit. I was watching something on YouTube a few weeks ago where somebody had done one of those graphical representations of of sort of stats over time, and they'd sort of logged all the all the results of all the Grand Prix since 1950, and they showed who the most successful teams were in real time as the years go by. And basically, yeah, Ferrari won everything through the sort of the 50s and 60s. And then there were a couple of little, you know, the Schumacher years and, you know... Louder. Louder. (laughs) Yeah. And that's mostly how they've kept themselves as the most successful team of all time. Mm. They've, They've not done much in recent years. And this really doesn't look good especially as they've basically got to have the same car next year and especially as they've got grumpy vettel who who bravely actually has decided to do a kind of greatest hits of all of his shit show <laughs> spinning out on a stupid fucking easy turn you think he'd come in you know like a like a job interview this year and try to really impress he's, he's, taken, a, he's taken an or, alternative approach or just not turned up for work to be honest. I mean, he's. I mean, he's basically phoned it in the last few years, isn't he? So, mm. if you, you know you're going to leave, like, why? Why are you turning? Why come for another year? If well, you're in a got, shit car, and well, he's got. Yeah, well, he's got to work his notice, otherwise he can't sign on, can he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the explanation of Vettel going, which I think had been rumoured but not confirmed. So before the race, somebody, I think was it Ferrari, said by mutual consent they decided not to go ahead in 2021 and then Fettel said straight out at the start of this weekend uh no they just didn't offer me a contract and I was pretty surprised so literally not not he's not playing that game anymore he's just like nah fuck him were you surprised about that kind of I mean I thought you'd think that they'd at least be going a bit back and forth but also it was pretty clear they didn't want him for a while I mean he I mean let's let's face it Vettel has been shit really the last couple of years and especially last year against Leclerc so you can see why Ferrari would, would want to get rid of him but also it is still quite shocking that they just so coldly went nah bye mate yeah they literally just phoned him and said oh yeah we're not going to offer you a contract next year thanks for everything <laughs> fuck off um, so he's now in the position where does he does he want to sort of show off how great he is so somebody else will sign him or has he just been like phoning it in I think he's trying to do one <laughs> and doing the other. Yeah, it, it was it was a bit embarrassing. And once again, Leclerc somehow, 
I'm still not quite sure how, bearing in mind how slow they were in qualifying, Leclerc still managed to get on the podium, so fair play to him. But, I mean, just, that's what... It, I mean, you know, I've, I've had my moments about Leclerc, but a good driver can win out on a safety car race because the, the gap got neutralised like three times with three safety cars. Mm. And if you're Wiley, and he's definitely Wiley, you can tell the way he talks to the team, he was just in the right place at the right time. And that even makes it sound like luck. He was he aced that race. I think he, I think he, he got as much out of the car as he could have done, but they were also incredibly spawny. And I yep. don't expect them to do that again at the Styrian Grand Prix, which admittedly, you know, completely different race. But, but I'd be surprised be if they were that far up. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. But can you imagine, if they can't sort out that downforce <laughs> issue, can you imagine what they're going to be like at Monza? Oh, I can. <laughs> the slowest car in a straight line on a completely high-speed circuit in front of all the Ferrari fans. Oh, but won't be, will it? Because it'll oh. still be in lockdown. Oh, oh you want to see them all throwing stuff at them. Throwing spaghetti. Well, I say okay. I say in front of. I mean, they'll still be outside, won't they? Let's be honest. They where well, they won't stay away. But you know, on their home track, they're going to be. I mean, they're going to be. They could be out the points. Oh, that's, that's hoping. Oh, that's going to be so painful, but so brilliant. So, in other news, so much was made of the anti-racism stance that the drivers united to make before the race, and by stance we mean. Some kneel down in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter no caps movement and others decided to stand. This naturally met with considered and reasoned arguments online and didn't at all mean that the racists felt empowered that kneeling was in fact Marxist. What do you think? I thought I dealt with this the other week. (laughs) Racism is bad. Taking a knee is a gesture which can show people... It can bring people together and show people the way. It's not an empty gesture that means doesn't mean anything. And they should all do it unless they're racist. So by that rationale, Charlie Clerk is racist. Mm. I mean, I, I sort of agree with you, Terry. But having, having checked out the internet since this, it would appear that if you're kneeling, you are in fact Lenin. Oh, I see. So right. I can see why some people wouldn't want to be Lenin. Well, then there's the people that say they only kneel for their wives and the Pope and the Queen of England and all that sort of stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. How do you see them? I kneel for anybody. <laughs> you come here, you come into my house, I'm on my knees straight away. I mean, yeah. In solidarity. Oh, okay. Right. Have I Off- made a cheap point on racism? Look, if you're offended by me now, just go back to the state of F1 I did in the last episode where I was very, very mm. clever about this and very wordy. But today... I've had enough. Racism should stop. Black Lives Matter. Anyone who says all lives matter, all that drivers shouldn't take a knee can fuck off. Racism's a problem. Just, We're going to deal with it. Fuck awkward that when they didn't. I mean, so much for the we racers one things. Like we racers several. It's mm. so fucking easy to go down on one knee to say, do you know what? I reckon in America, cops shouldn't kill black people. Is that is it that hard a thing to say? And, oh no, I don't know if I should take a knee because what if people think that I'm a fucking blah blah blah? Fuck off! Take a fucking knee and take a stand, you fucking <laughs> wangle, stupid fucking Formula One driver who thinks you're too fucking important to make a political stance. Fuck you! We should say that the majority of them did take the knee. Yeah. Yeah. Good on them. And which ones yeah. didn't? Let's shame them. Charlie Clerk, Kimmy. Oh, didn't he? No. I mean, he is old, isn't he? I mean, he probably couldn't get back up. <laughs> <laughs> was it six of them? Didn't? Kvyat didn't, probably because of 
Russian repercussions, allegedly. I mean, uh, that's fair. Yes. That's fair. He will die if he takes the knee. So, fair enough. Verstappen didn't. Oh, did Verstappen not? No. Oh, unleash the lion. Apart from when you've got to make a political point, then carry away in your cage, you little dick. <laughs> Lance Stroll, Latifi. Did they not? Latifi, you're so new. You should really oh, just... See, you think he'd want to ingratiate himself with the bigger yeah, boys, wouldn't you? absolutely. I mean, if I was on my first day in Formula 1 and I had a chance to impress Lewis Hamilton, I would be... Absolutely. You'd be on your knees in front of him. On those knees, straight away. Stop making this a, a, a joke about sexuality, Phil. It's <laughs> more important than that. You know, they had the hashtag, like, end racism all over the track in the Formula 1 font. It looked a lot like it said second racism. Because the, <laughs> the E on the Formula One font is really shit, and it looks like a two, so it just kept saying second racism. Second like, oh. racism, so Styrian racism. Done the first bit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now is Lando Norris dead? That was the question what? that many people have been asking. Wait, after he had a temperature reading during the GP weekend of fifty degrees C. Now, just to remind you that normal body temperature is thirty-seven. And death usually occurs at 44. Thankfully, everyone's favourite Twitch celebrity is, in fact, alive. And it was all a misunderstanding. Everyone entering the paddock is checked with a temperature gun. That's a thermometer to you and I. As part of the COVID precautions. But Lando and his trainer had been standing chatting in the sun. That is an error, which meant their foreheads were super hot. They were checked again and allowed to live. Uh, and also enter the track. Yeah, I think so this is few. disgusting. They should <laughs> yeah. go on the first answer only. <laughs> what? They I, should yeah, have... Yeah, obviously died of coronavirus. Lando but Norris should not have been were... allowed to race. Were they isolated and then rechecked, do you think? No, what what basically happened is they've been standing outside the paddock chatting, him and his trainer, in the sun. And they're, it, it, rather than it being a traditional thermometer, it was like one of these sort of radar thermometer ray gun things from a distance where you don't actually have to touch them you just point it out and it tells you the temperature and it said that their foreheads were 50 degrees c which is hotter than actual death and then they um they basically rolled cold they the, the trainer apparently explained that this is what had happened um and they that and, old chestnut well they went away and they rolled cold water bottles on their heads and then they got scanned again, and apparently it came up as they were 30 degrees C, which apparently is cold enough to, again, be dead. So therefore proving that it wasn't particularly accurate. Well, so this what they then did mockery. is they just... Well, they, they then measured it in a different part of the... Like, on the side of their head or something, where it's a bit more accurate. So um, if you're, if you're trying to... So if you're trying to get on a plane and you've got a fever, you just put a cold fucking bottle on your head and then you can get on the plane. Well, no, because I think you're dead again. That you're cold enough to be dead. You've got, it's, it's a very... It's a tightrope. So you've got to have a cup of tea and a cold water bottle and you've got to kind of put them both on at the same time until you get to 37. Frankly, I think if you can manage that with the coronavirus, fair play to you. I think they should do all temperatures up the bum. <laughs> what, yeah. at, the, at the gate of the paddock? Everywhere. <laughs> Sainsbury's, stations, your mum. Wow. I mean, there's, a, you know, all temperatures up the bum. There's a new T-shirt. Shop, shop, shop. <laughs> So, Formula One salary cap comes into force from next year, but as we've previously discussed, it doesn't cover quite a lot of very expensive things, such as, I don't know, the drivers. But that could perhaps change from 2024 if Toto Wolff gets his way. He wants a driver salary cap to be gradually introduced in a move that is definitely not because Lewis Hamilton costs a fortune. Seems like a good idea, actually. 
Yeah. I think that they should allow. I, I mean, oh, well, because well, otherwise, it, all the all the rich teams will get all the best drivers. Well, that's fine, isn't it? I mean, is oh, it? I don't know. Oh, I it? don't know. You know, they can still. They, don't get me wrong. They they can cap it at something that's more than what I get. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, it'll still be a reasonable amount. But um, when you you know when Daniel Ricciardo gets fifty million at Renault, and you know, it's Renault and it's Danny Ricciardo who, bless him, is a reasonable driver, but he's not top shelf. Oh, I dread you know to think Alonso is not getting fifty million, is no, he? No, no, no fucking way. Washed up. But, he's gonna um, be on like thirty grand. <laughs> if that, yeah, no overtime. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. I'm sure in the grand scheme of things they'll still do all right. Plus they'll have all their endorsements that they can, you know, make a load yeah, of money Yeah, I suppose from. they won't be short on money for that. No, exactly. But it does but feel it'll, a bit... It'll help you know, people come in. But a Formula One star should be kind of living in Monaco and not paying tax. That's what we... That's I what mean, we I'm love, sure they it? can still do that. Don't get me wrong. I, I still oh, think good, it'll good. be a reasonable whack. It'll probably be, you know, six figures plus, even at the back of the grid, probably. I don't know, I'm making that up. But um, it seems like okay. a reasonable idea. Fair Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's ages away. We'll all be dead by then. And Bobby Kubica's back. But probably not for long. Everyone's favourite Polish driver will be driving for Alfa Romeo during practice one at the Styrian Grand Prix, presumably in a desperate attempt for the team to figure out why their car sucks. Although Kubica was annihilated by Russell during his time at Williams last year, he is apparently rather good at analysing where a car can be improved. He's never going to go away, is he? He's always going to be hanging around. Oh, and, you I know, love fair him, play to him. Yeah, fair play to him. It's nice enough. It seems nice enough. All the Polish fans will be happy. Yeah. They just want him to be will there. They, will they be happy, Terry? Oh, they, they love got? him. They're Who watching... They, their driver is seeing how bad a car is. <laughs> well, it's a move up from Williams. Yes. <laughs> so by this rate, he'll be driving for Mercedes in 2030. <laughs> As a bet for the dog's trust. Tell us, how ro- tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1 Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1 Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And a big thank you to all of the people that have donated. They are Jason Wright. Definitely Yay. right. That was what I was going to say. Oh. Matthew <laughs> Robinson, who says, got a little note here. Hi, from North Carolina. Have a pint on me and keep the laughter going. <laughs> no promises. Alex Charrett. Thank you, Alex. I've never that heard sounds, that surname before. That Charette. sounds like a bird. A charret. A charret. Charette. Charret. He's it being very be. charitable in giving his <laughs> money. He's being very charitable. Oh, oh thank you, Alex. Made that name. Richard Powell, who says, Seeing as I can't upset Alonso with a t-shirt this weekend at Le Mans, have a pint on me. Oh, right. was that the chap last year who got the shot of, with a t-shirt? What did the, what did the t-shirt didn't, say again? Didn't, didn't he send in a picture last... Was it him who sent in a picture last year of him wearing our very short, relevant t-shirts about him not qualify... I too failed to qualify for the Indy 500. And he yes. wore it at Le Mans oh, in the driver's yeah. parade. Yes. If that was you, Richard, excellent work. And thank you very Thanks much for, for the, the pint. pint. Thank yeah, you much appreciated. Pint. If you can still find a way of upsetting Alonso, we'll buy you a pint back. Yeah. But if you want to keep us going and keep us insulting Alonso, you can buy <laughs> us a pint or maybe even a four pack by heading to ff1s.com forward slash pint 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 ff1s.com slash pint. 
So right now we are moving on over to last weekend's Austrian Grand Prix. But I thought that this week I should do some prep for this episode rather than just watching the race. So I googled Austrian Grand Prix review. This is one of the first things I came across. And I'm going to do it in the accent that I read it. (laughs) Oh God. It was great that the showers were unisex. I had a lot of fun looking at the boobies and the hairy bush of naked ladies. I highly recommend this beautiful camping site for any persons looking for a good time. That was genuinely the first review I read for Austrian Grand Prix. I'm sold and I'll see you there next year. Was that Autosport or...? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was just a Formula One website. You might have to explain this. What? So I, so I looked up. So if you look up um, Austrian Grand Prix Review 2020, I am. I am not getting any camping site reviews. <laughs> I think there's something to do with your search settings, Chica. And it was like the fourth one down, and it was, uh, it was like TripAdvisor, and it was this fantastic guy called Chad Champion who <laughs> Chad gave an Champion. in-depth review of the showers. Chad Champion oh sounds like God. the kind of guy that would send you got him? Oh no, I've got another review, but it's not it's not Chad. But it is about the camping site. Yeah, I've got a load of reviews of the camping site, but none I of them say that. I camped in Pink Camp, which was only a five to ten minute walk away from German admission where I had a ticket. But it doesn't say anything about boobies or bushes. Yeah. No, I've I've also found the TripAdvisor reviews and none of them none of them say that, Chica. I'm going to search for the word bush. Uh, a bit awkward. Not found. Oh, I'm, cheeky. What have you been going on? Wait, I must, have, I must have kept the thing open. Were you searching for Renault DP World instead? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here we go. In motorsport tickets, book oh. f1.com forward slash f1 Austria reviews. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's there. Hang on. Hang yeah, on. yeah. Most recent by Chad Champion. This Showering with the ladies was very nice. I had a lot of fun looking at boobies on the hairy bush of the beautiful ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get that kind of thing at the Styrian Grand Prix. Oh, oh. no. Oh, no. It's going to be nothing but arts and culture there. Um, anyway, so I think that's all got us in the right frame of mind. Uh, let's move on to the teams. And this time they are the actual modern teams and not random outfits from donkey's years ago with weird made-up engines, which is what we have been doing in past lockdown podcasts. Okay, Mercedes. Mercedes did everything right again, apart from their lead driver doing two things wrong and forgetting what curbs are. Will Bottas walk this championship or is Bottas 3.0 going to be just a bug fix? What do you think? Well, we should talk because we haven't so far mentioned that Bottas won the race and quite impressively he beat Lewis Hamilton in qualifying. Was he that impressive though? Well, he beat Hamilton in qualifying and he didn't go wrong in the race. Yeah, That's but how you win. I mean, but I, mean Phil, he, yeah, he, I can see your your zoom frown. Ah, oh, zoom frown. We know that Bottas on his day is really good, and we know that when Bottas has a good day and Hamilton has an average day, Bottas can beat him. But it's it's a one-off thing. He can do it every now and again. Whereas Hamilton, even when he's having a bad day, he still finished second on track. He's still in a really good car, and and he, you know, I very much doubt that he'll be that crap again because he has a tendency whenever he has an off day to give himself a talking to and come back better than ever. I will be absolutely staggered if this carries on. You know, fair play to Bottas. He did very well. You know, he can take that trophy and keep it in his little cabinet. But if he's anywhere near Hamilton at the end of the season, I will be absolutely staggered. 
he won Australia last year, didn't he? Yes, he did. So we've, we've seen this before when he has... comes in, he comes in refreshed going, yes, yeah. smashing it. He has a beard and he has his porridge memes and he's brilliant. <laughs> and, you know, he does really well. But then it lasts like, you know, two, three races max and then it fizzles out. And then the next 18 races, Hamilton wins or he's on the podium and, and then he wins by a country mile. And I can't also... see that not happening again. We've just found out that he had a sneaky divorce last year and he's now... Who, Hamilton? No, Bottas. Oh, yeah, he divorced. Oh, yeah, I found this out because the other sport that I follow relatively closely is professional cycling. And he's now hooked up with a professional cyclist, a female professional cyclist. Um, and, uh, yeah, my two worlds unexpectedly collided. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, because he was going out with a Finnish swimmer, an Olympic swimmer, and now he's well, going he's out got... with an Australian uh, oh, professional cyclist. He's got a type, hasn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Athletes, oh. haven't we all? Which, let's be honest, he's not really a looker. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, Terry. It depends what you know, what your type he's, is. He's like the Finnish David Coulthard. He's not very athletic looking, though, is he? If you know. think about, it, I mean, he's no, if you think about him, no, I know he must be fit. But look, picture him in your head. You don't see athletic. He's a bit, he's a bit he's chubby. Cute, cute. He's, yeah, he's a, great. He's, like, he's got a Lego oh, head, like a little bit, like. Oh. Oh well, yeah, maybe that's, that's what you want, isn't it? Well, maybe that's what mm. Tiffany Cromwell wants. <laughs> Who the fuck's Tiffany Cromwell? That's his other half. Professional cyclist rides for. I think she rides for Canyon Shram. If you look on, uh, if you look on Google, it still says he's going out with the swimmer. So it's obviously not a fish Ooh, with yeah, the cyclist no. yet. No, that's not happened. Oh, that must really hurt if you're the swimmer. Anyway, no. The point anyway. is, yeah, he, you know. He's clearly rejuvenated himself during the off period, but unless we have 280 or whatever it was days between every single race... Could happen. I mean, it could. Um, Then, no, I can't see it happening again. You know, I I would expect him to go pretty well at the Styrian Grand Prix, even though it's a completely different Grand Prix, uh, because he's always been pretty decent around the Austrian track, but I can't see it lasting. But what about the the Styrian track? Um, I can't see it lasting the season. No way. Okay. Also, Hamilton also drove. But we've talked about him. But let's also talk about the camera. So the reason, so that he didn't get a penalty on the day because nobody saw that he'd missed the yellow flag until that night. There's a 360 degree camera on the Mercedes car that hasn't got a live feed, so they have to kind of download it to like the computer at the track, and then Formula One put it on the website, and then Red Bull watched it on YouTube and went, hang on a minute. So that's fascinating. And then under an hour before the race, that's when they said there's a penalty. Yeah, like, that is, that's, that's, and that's, that, they didn't get to see the video, the VHS tape that they brought across. Until it went until on YouTube. Then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, Which uh, I yeah. think is the way they should do all the stewarding decisions. They should wait until it goes on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should only have access to the social media feeds. Brilliant. Ferrari. So it is a total coincidence that since Ferrari were made to stop cheating on their engine, that they have been slow because of their engine. Leclerc did an inspired drive to finish second and Vettel began his probable F1 farewell tour with one of his greatest hits, spinning off slowly in a clumsy overtake. Are we going to see more of these through the season, do you think? I think so, but we have already talked about all this. Mm. So, yeah. Um... Well, uh, well, just quickly to fill to fill this slot, what what are his other greatest hits that we want to see? Should we have a Vettel bingo card, the farewell we bingo want, card? We want angry radio. Yeah, we want. Actual... Well, let, let me let me do it. Um, 
Okay, so okay, so we're going to run through Vettel's greatest hits before he retires. What have been your favourite moments of his career so far? Maybe it is a bit early to do it in the first race of the season. No, but- it's not. Nah. We know what's going to happen. Go for so his it. greatest hits. So a spinning off Sonia comes the overtake is a good one. Um, uh, grumpy radio. That's mm-hmm. a definite greatest hit. I, I mean, think also so, is there a, is there a specific one? What from when he was grumpy? For on grumpy the radio. radio. Yeah. Didn't he say, no. "What are we doing here?" Or something. Yeah, like he's that. always grumpy. <laughs> then I think we've got um, actual anger on track. You know, driving into somebody, driving into Hamilton and Azerbaijan. And then let's do a couple of the good ones. He'll pro- probably this year do a kind of pole to lights victory. No, he won't. He's good at them. He might yeah, do. Not in that Ferrari. Um, shouting in Italian on the radio. Maybe he'll do oh, all like those that. things anyway, just to please to please the fans. Maybe even yeah, though he's not going to win anything, he'll do the grazie ragazzi bella macchina, and then he'll do the crazy frog thing that he used to do a few years ago at Red Bull. Oh god! Oh. The finger. He'll do the yeah, finger. but he can't do that when he's coming home in no, like twelve. He'll, he'll, he'll do it anyway. It doesn't matter. You know, they're all. You know, it's it's. You know, turning up to see your, your one hit wonder band and just telling them to, you know, play. I can't think of any one hit wonder bands. Chesney Hawks. Yeah, play the one and only. They'll they'll you know they'll be expecting him to do that. So he'll come trundling over the line in thirteenth, and he'll go ring a ding a ding a ding a ding a ding with his finger up and do all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, and yes again. Okay, let's move on to Red Bull then. Red Bull were full of cocky swagger, but ended up having a double DNF thanks to some Honda theatrics and album bumping uglies with Hamilton. But both cars broke down. What What about this? Is this, you know, was this a one-off? Was this... Or is this an actual... Like, are we going to have this next weekend? In the well, I industry? would say, based on statistics, uh, so far it's happened 100% of the time. Mm. So, uh, you know, if I were to extrapolate that, I would say that, yes, it's going to happen every single race. Yeah. Um, you would hope it's just a one-off. Uh, because the car doesn't... Yeah, maybe not quite as close to Mercedes as perhaps we hoped. I think there was some talk that they might be up right up there with Mercedes in terms of pace, and they weren't, but they were faster than everybody else. Verstappen so, drove really well, though. He did, for yeah. 10 laps, whatever it was. But I think we should talk about the fact that reliability was shocking on this race, and that is what made the race fucking great. It's brilliant. Having the cars all just conking out because, I don't know, they've forgotten how to put cars together in six months, <laughs> made you just think, do you know what? They should have less fucking engineers in these teams. There should or, be five people putting the car together, and at least three of them don't know what they're doing. Maybe yeah. they should just have it that... Uh, Engineers just have to work remotely. Even better. <laughs> With little like bomb disposal robots to put the car together. Exactly. You have to do it from, from Milton Keynes in location. I'm sure you've done it. Didn't you do a, a, a state of F1 at some point about the fact that they should, that all the engineers should be drunk and have to put the car together two hours before qualifying? I think you'll find that over the years, I have predicted everything before one in my slightly <laughs> jokey style. I'm not even kidding. I went back to all the old state of F1s and a lot of them were like, yeah, that happened. Oh. <laughs> I was joking. Oh. Yeah. I think there should be a pandemic. Don't worry, I've got a solution. <laughs> McLaren. Oh, oh. McLaren are back, baby. By back, we mean they've got a podium on the race, but only 11 cars finish. And even though that was good, let's not kid ourselves, they are not back. Well, they're backer. They're definitely backer than they were back, but they're not back back. I mean, they are not the third quickest team, but... Mm. I mean, they're not winning they 15 out of 16 races, but... What do exactly. You th- what do you think of Norris? Very good. He's very good. 
very good as in wow very good because people are saying oh my god he's very good or are you saying yeah he's good yeah he's good i think we need You're- more evidence to know where that how very good he is i think, I he's, think got, like- he's got a podium 100 percent of the time at the moment what from, like- from this race yes phil because <laughs> last season he didn't have a podium 100 percent of the time I yeah, but you yeah, that was your joke just now about Bottas. You said it, so don't have reverses. <laughs> I like the way he smashes the champagne. I didn't see that. People kept talking about. It. I missed it. What did he do? He just drops it on the podium, and it all shoots out the bottle. Uh, oh, he like slams cool. it down. Oh, that's yeah. that's that like social good. distancing. Champagne. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe I'll try that uh, the next wedding I go to. Um, Yeah, I I think we need a bit more evidence before we know. But I do think... I'm going to say now I think he's better than science. Or I think he has the potential to be better than science. Because I I think science is a little bit overrated by quite a lot of people. Well, we'll see science in a Ferrari next year, so... Will we? (laughs) Yeah, there's no way We'll see in the middle of the field. There's no way that Ricardo's not going to McLaren, and there's no way that... Ferrari are going to let him signs go, are they? So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see him against Ricardo because I, having seen Ricardo now for a few years, I think he's very good, but not top top tier. Mm-hmm. I think he's sort of second tier. Are they back? Uh, no, but they're a lot better than they have been in a long time, and this I is mean, very reassuring because they qualified well. Uh, you know, they're 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 up there as the best of the rest team. I would say it could be regular top sixes. It's definitely pretty sweet that they've got a podium on the week that Alonso and Alexis is going to Renault. That's pretty sweet, <laughs> let's be honest. Racing point. Okay, work with me here. Tracing point copied <laughs> so much of Mercedes. Yeah? And yet they forgot to copy that bit about being really efficient and good at winning everything. Yeah? Yeah, they didn't really do that well, did they? No, so they've got last year's car, last year's Mercedes car, but just pink. So it should be, it should be, it should be so far, shouldn't it? It's not, I think it's not quite as good as everyone thought it might be, but it's still better than it has been. Because I do love the story about this. Did you hear the way that they basically copied the Mercedes? Is that because they're not allowed to, you know, steal blueprints because people get in trouble for that if they find mm. them at photocopiers or whatever it was that happened back in the McLaren Ferrari Spygate thing. Um, they literally worked from photos and recreated the Mercedes based on photos of it. And I, I think fair play. Why not? It's a good car. Might as well nick it. Can't, can't copyright photographs. Ah, but um, I heard there is a thing where you can have like a 3D like LiDAR scanner thing and when they're on the grid they just like walk around the car scanning it in 3D. I mean, if it's not against the rules. I mean, there's no rules it. about not scanning in 3D. Yeah, there are no specific LiDAR rules. Uh, then, no, I say fair play. This is all about, you know, being sneaky to get an advantage but within the rules. And yeah. What I'd like about that is if the car had been made and uh, they'd accidentally built like a mechanic standing next to it. <laughs> so at every race, it's just like, why is there a bloke next to it? Oh, Out of just, carbon fibre attached just, to the front wing. Yeah, we just, that's what the computer came up with. <laughs> they have a load more spare ones outside the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come in and change the mechanic. <laughs> um I mean, Perez was sixth, admittedly in a race where loads of people didn't finish. But if, I think if you'd have said to them a couple of seasons ago, you'll get top six, you know, at a well, time when nobody outside the big three teams gets to top six. 
He did get a penalty for speeding yeah. in the pit lane, didn't exactly, he? Exactly, so which is a bit of a, a bit. bit of a shitty mistake. But yeah. maybe the car's so quick. <laughs> Are there another one where, like, let's give them a couple of races before we condemn them to being shot? No, let's not. This is, this is FF1S. Let's condemn There's them. There's only, now. like, three races this year. We can't give them a couple of races. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they'll be a bit disappointed with how good the car... With how they did compared to how good the car looked. Alpha Tauri. So this was actually the best start to a season ever for Alpha Tauri. But that is actually only because they're new. Well, not really. They're actually Toro Rosso in disguise. And it was still the best start to a season for the team since 2009. Pierre Gasly dodged shonky brakes at the start to finish seventh. And Daniel Kvyat was doing okay until his suspension failed after a coming together with Ocon. I thought they went under the radar a little bit during the race, but mm. yeah, I read that stat. I was like, really? And it was, um, I think it was, I think it was Buemi in Australia in 2009 who got a seventh in the first race of the season. That was this is the best they've ever done that team uh, since then. So fair play. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much that says about them as a team if that's their best result in 11 years. But um, mm-hmm. you know, fair play for a, for a team of Red Bull rejects. They've done all right. Yeah. yeah, I have nothing to say. Yeah, whatever. The, the livery looks nice. I don't think it does. Everyone oh. loves it. I think it's a bit boring. Okay, the livery doesn't look nice. I like it. Oh, I think the livery looks nice. Mm. They've come seventh 100% of the time. Renault! Things are awkward at Renault. What with Ricardo leaving unexpectedly, but they're going to have plenty of time to get used to that before Alonso arrives and starts complaining. Esteban Ocon returned to F1 and scored points, but largely because many people retired and he was a bit clumsy during the race. Ricardo looked better, but retired when his engine's cooling system couldn't be bothered anymore. The car is still decidedly average. So if I said to you before the race, what do you expect from the two drivers? Do you think their performance would match your prediction? But more importantly, though, who looks better in black and yellow, Ocon or Ricardo? Ocon. Phil? Uh, I don't think it's particularly flattering to either of them, to be honest. I don't, oh, I don't, interesting. I don't Why? I really like the black and yellow. I don't think it's, they look like weird bumblebees. What have you got against bumblebees? Nothing. I just don't want to see them driving Formula One cars. No, actually, now I've said it out loud, I do want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody could make that happen, that would be tremendous. Because if they had Vettel as a bumblebee, if he got angry, he'd die. <laughs> like... I'd like them to literally be dressed as Bumblebee Man from The Simpsons. <laughs> I think that would be brilliant. Oh, I'm thinking real bumblebees. Oh, okay. What, sort of a mass of them, like surrounding a queen to make human form? And the operate. queen goes in the seat, and yes. yeah, the bumblebees all form around, and like they go, quick, send a squadron out to the left gear shift paddle. <laughs> <laughs> I brilliant. see you speak B, yeah. Who was best? Ricardo was best, but his car broke down. Uh, which bodes well for uh, Renault and uh, Alonso, doesn't it? Um, Ocon was a bit rusty, I think. Give him a couple of races yeah, to get up to speed. Yes, give, give Stop giving break. people a couple of races. Fuck them. They're Formula One drivers. All right, Ocon was yeah, terrible. but he finished. It's true. Yeah. He was eighth. Yeah. One behind Pierre Gasly, who you're so fucking in love with. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Jesus. <laughs> You're just throwing oh, random accusations. Yeah, this. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to have this for the rest of the season. Oh, fucking Gasly. Gosh, God, just kiss him if you want to. Fucking <laughs> Should we do a You Love Pierre Gasly t shirt? No, you love Pierre Gasly t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Alpha 
Romeo. Alpha, Alpha Romeo. <laughs> I just want to start a new thing. <laughs> what? Is that based on anything? That's not going to... That's not. I mean, I like it. On. I do like I'm it. I'm sick of singing the Haas. We've got Haas coming out. I'm sick of that Haas thing. I so I want to change it. I'm not going to do it this season. To Alpha Romeo. Alpha Romeo. <laughs> what, like Linda McCartney? Yeah. You've got to do it as well, Phil. <laughs> Alpha Romeo. Oh, dear. Right. Crack Cheeky, right. We'll start again. Right, go. <clears throat> Alpha Romeo. Alpha, Alpha Romeo. Romeo. <laughs> Alpha start to the season was... This is not a time to joke around, OK? No, it is. It is. <sighs> Alpha start to the season was notable mainly for them not being quite as good as Williams, except for when it comes to pit stops. They were pootling around near the back and then Kimmy's wheel fell off for reasons as yet revealed because the pit guy swears he put it on properly. Giovinazzi had a snazzy personalised mask with his race number on it and managed to score points, but then so did everyone that finished, except Latifi. They don't look very good. Did you expect them to look good, though? I mean, I expected them to look mediocre, and I was mm. disappointed. No, I thought they'd be at the back this year. I mean, the, I the whole thing of them being the Ferrari... Well, actually, no. Again, once I've said it out loud about them being the Ferrari B time B team, it does start to make sense. Maybe they've taken exactly the same technical leaps as Ferrari have, but worse, and are now towards the back. Yeah, they were being beaten by Russell at one point during the race before Russell broke down. Um, and, the yeah, the Kimmy's wheel <laughs> thing was pretty amusing. Just as well, there so, were no public there, weren't they, when that wheel came bouncing across. So what did happen? Was it just a finger trouble? As we record this on low battery, according to my watch, um, when, is it Wednesday? Every day is a fucking same. As we record this on Wednesday, I don't know. Uh, Great, thanks all, for your insight, Phil. <laughs> all, all I've heard is that genuinely the bloke in the pit box swears that it went on fine when it left. But Of course I, he fucking did. His job's on the line. Do <laughs> uh, you know how many times I've lied at work? fell off. And I really like the in-car footage of... Because um, it was just after the safety car restart. And the in-car footage of, of Raikkonen driving along. And the wheel comes off and bounces away and you see Raikkonen turn in and then he just you can see his head just notice that the wheel isn't there and you can almost imagine in a Kimmy kind of way just going oh for fuck's sake <laughs> I've lost a wheel uh, yeah a bit weird um, oh I forgot to do my Verstappen joke what was your Verstappen joke at least his car took a knee brilliant we'll, we'll edit it yeah, in yeah that's good yeah, yeah go on Matt just we'll do some right sort that out don't Great. miss that Matt Alpha Moreo. I can't say it right. <laughs> Roberto Moreno. Williams. Are there signs that Williams might be starting to rise from the mire a bit? Sure, they were still slow, but not quite as slow as before, and George Russell was looking hopeful for points until his fuel pump failed. Nicholas Latifi made his debut and managed at least to finish the race. And to finish last, first you have to finish. As Do the you saying think goes. Do you think he will finish not last this season? No. I will predict no. right now that Nicholas Latifi will be last in the season. That's but nice. I don't think... Here's another prediction, and no, I'm not betting any money, dogs trust or otherwise. I don't think George Russell will be next last. You have mm. to bet money mm-hmm. for dogs I trust. I bet oh, that's not one fair. penny. George Russell was actually looking pretty reasonable. He might have maybe scored points had the car not broken down, but it did. But only it, 11 cars there was There was one point so. when I was watching the race and it was all going off at the front. And I was like, what oh, is exciting? And then I looked at the standings and Russell was like four or five places away from the back. 
And I was like, holy shit, there's a Williams. Not It's not just the two Williams at the back. And even Latifi was not a million miles off the back, which last season they'd have killed for that. So may, you know, there are signs that they're not quite as shit as they were before, but still is it, at the back. Is it a better car or is it better drivers? Uh, better car. I think Latifi's probably better than Kubica. But I think Russell is much better than Latifi because Latifi is a fairly unremarkable career up until now and Russell's been pretty good so yeah I think Russell's really good uh, and the car is less terrible Right. let's see if they can develop it so you are saying better car and better drivers yeah well better car that's and what you're saying the, the better car that and the same good saying. the same good driver that they had last year and then another better driver yes right one better Harry? driver. Yeah, I like Russell. I don't like Latifi. Why? Something fishy about him. Okay. Is it because he's Canadian? I don't know what it is. I think it's the name. Yeah, I I think that's why you don't. Nicholas or Latifi? <laughs> Latifi. It sounds like a kind of character from a film. I think it sounds like <sighs> a pastry. And Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we went to Paris and oh, we had the macrons. And do you know what, Alison? She she did. She only went and bought a Latifi. <laughs> they're forty Most... quid each, you know. <laughs> wasn't Latifi? Though. Wasn't Latifi the villain in Casino Royale? I don't know. Le Chiffre, now it's Le Chiffre. Latifi, oh. Le Chiffre. Chia Le Bouffe. Latifi, we meet again. Either way, he's Nicholas Le Chiffre, more like. <laughs> He's not that. That's not fair. It's one race. Oh, give him a couple of races. Time, give him a couple of races. Give him a couple of races. It's a shame we haven't got the video of what you just did. Then you look like a demented T-Rex. Hass. We've been told by producer Matt we have to still do this fucking Hass thing. Yeah. Even though when this funny Hass thing started, it was like sixteen years ago <laughs> where the Hass team first started, and I had some promise. It was and the now previous we're doing them last. It was. And now we're it do, was. We're doing be- a, the reason why we did it is because why? we thought it was Haas and then and then we found out that actually we shouldn't be saying Haas. They wanted it to be pronounced Haas. And so then we said Haas and then that was it. Then we pronounced it like that. And yeah. then this stupid no, pronunciation. No, I don't remember any of that. It's all anybody wants now. It's the only then, thing we're known for. No. And then, so that's how we introduced, that's how I introduced the team for God knows how many series, and then you guys follow it with the singy thing. And I said, 2020, no more. I don't want to do that. And so producer Matt said that we still have to do it. And I don't want to do it. Hey. Yes. Hey. Hey. Rich I energy. To myself. <laughs> What a wonderful world. What a wonderful hat. Hey. So, enough, okay? Rich energy is gone, but old problems keep hanging around at Haas, namely brakes. Both Grosjean and Magnussen had brake failures, but only after Grosjean had spun and cut through the grass and had three warnings for violating track limits. (laughs) Magnussen actually had a cracking start, picking up five places on the first lap. But then the brakes went pop and the Haas turned into the safety car catalyst. Yeah, that shit as well. They 
there were a lot of safety cars. Mm. So what caused the three safety cars? It was the Haas thing. It was... Uh, it was Raikkonen's wheel, Raikkonen. I think, wasn't it? What was the other one? Uh, who crashed? Who crashed? Who's died? I can't remember. Oh, that's one of those questions where we need an answer, otherwise we don't look good. <laughs> it's all right, Cut with that. the magic power of editing. Safety car, Austria. It was car. Hamilton. It was Bottas. It was... <laughs> Just recording every driver. Edit in the right one. It was Vettel. It was Verstappen. Or it might be Verstappen. Was it Verstappen? It was Albon. It was. Anyway, the point is, Haas don't look very good this year, and they found their brakes problems. Remember the brakes problems from a couple of years ago? Yeah. They changed brake suppliers because they were so rubbish, and uh, yeah, looks like they're back again. And but I am relieved to see that even before the brakes went, Crozon had been predictably terrible. I mean, why are they? Why is he there? I mean, Raikkonen-esque in his continuing to get contracts. Oh, they've had a DNF one hundred percent of the time, though. <laughs> oh, nice. Now it is time for the standings with Terry Saunders. First time in a while we've done the standings, and they will disappoint because it <laughs> turns out that part of my brain does not work anymore. <laughs> Good. In first position. Well, do you know what? Give me a couple of races, see if I can get it back. Hundred <laughs> percent of the time it's been rubbish. In first position, you get the feeling he prefers a mask, it's Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> Second, Leclerc is French for no knees. Uh, third place, Lando doesn't drink. I find that out. He doesn't drink. Doesn't he? No. Oh. How does he know how to smash bottles into his face? Well that's face? why he does it, because then it doesn't go in his face. Oh. That's what he told me. Fourth place, Mr. Penalty, it's Lewis Hamilton. Fifth place, hiring a contract lawyer, it's Carlos Sainz. Uh, in sixth place, that pink Mercedes is so fast, he was speeding in the pit lane. Oh, I did that joke earlier. Uh, seventh place, Gasly is Fasling and Alpha Tasley, it's Pierre Gasly. <laughs> Eighth place, Ocon is Onogon. Don't know what that means. What? Ninth place, trying very hard to be in next year's Netflix, it's Antonio Giovinazzi. And in tenth place, what's the point? I mean, one point, Sebastian Vettel. Uh. And one thing we haven't spoken about this week is that Mercedes black livery yes. for mm. Black Lives Matter. So uh, I've taken the obvious conclusion that all of the team's liveries are some political movement. And here's what I think they are. So in first place, Mercedes have gone black to end racism. Second place, McLaren have gone orange to end Trump. Third place, Ferrari have gone red to end Dogs Willis. <laughs> Fourth place, pink to end pink is Racing Point. That's Pink the Singer. Fifth place, blue and white to end tomorrow's world. I was getting a bit tired. It's Alpha Tauri. Uh, Renault have gone for something worthy. Yellow to end jaundice. And Alpha Romeo have gone red and white to end blood cells. Controversial. I can't believe we didn't talk about the black Mercedes, actually. I think it looks badass. Mm. It's fine. We've disagreed on this. Terry, you, you think otherwise, don't you? I just think it looks a bit like a 90s backmarker. And now it's time for the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. I'm starting to think that Fernando Alonso is actually nasty Nick from EastEnders. You kind of forget about him, then suddenly one day everyone in Albert Square is whispering, Alonso's back, and we have to put up with his theatrics and pissing off his mum, Dot Cotton, played by Pat Simmons. <laughs> It's good for a giggle that he's back, but next year's Renault is going to be a shit as, I don't know, an Alonso-era McLaren. 
And yes, they have hope for the 2022 rules. But do you know who else has hope for the 2022 rules? Every fucking team. They all think they're going to make the leap to the front and they can't all be right. And judging on past performance and star driver decision making, it ain't going to be Renault. Should Renault have gone for a younger driver, a new hope as a... Oh, here's a good joke. Get ready. I'll do it again. Should Renault have gone for a younger driver, a new hope as opposed to a return of the dead-eyed or Kamoa Strikes Back? (laughs) It wasn't that good. When I got into Formula 1, it was weird to be told. (laughs) I mean, it was good, wasn't it? It I I don't get it. (laughs) Who's the dead-eye? You know that that bit in... um, when he's when he lost for Ferrari, when he lost the championship, uh, and you see that shot of him, he's like dead behind the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Return of the okay. Dead-Eyed. Yeah, That's yeah, Alonso. No, once you and explain- Kimoa is his yeah, cat brand. Yeah, yeah, once you explain it, it's really good. It's fucking funny. Yeah. Great. Mm. When I got into Formula 1, <laughs> it was weird to be told that a seemingly shitty midfield driver like Nelson Piquet was a three-times world champion. If you started watching this year, you could be forgiven for thinking the same of Kimi Raikkonen and maybe Alonso next year. I know we live in a nostalgia bubble of only going to gigs of reformed bands from the 90s and reconstituted fashion from the 80s and reparations for slavery. Only kidding, that's not going to happen. But don't worry, I have a solution. F1 brought in very sensible rules the other year about driver numbers. Every driver picks a number and if you take more than two years off, that number can go back into circulation. And I think they should do the same with world champions. If you are one, lucky you, and you've taken more than two years off, you can come back but you'll be stripped of all your titles. <laughs> if you think you're good enough to win again, then they all come back once you win your first world championship back. Would Alonso, Raikkonen, or even Schumacher be so bold and brave to return then? Failing that, we should go the whole hog and go back to my favourite thing, of bringing back holograms of dead drivers. <laughs> and Tupac. <laughs> Tupac. So you're, you're saying Tupac to Renault, is what you're saying? Yep, that would be... <laughs> I mean, I'd put him above Karma. That was the state of F1 brought to you this season... By Carfection. Yeah. When this podcast goes out, probably on Friday, the second video will drop, which is all about the totally not controversial subject of e-racing. Wow. All likes for that one. Go to youtube.com forward slash Carfection to say you came from here. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye, everyone. We have not had time to talk about, actually, quite a sad subject. Uh, we want to wish the very best of get wells to uh, Alex Zanardi, uh, a man who cannot catch a break, um, former F1 driver, a uh, bit of a legend, lost his legs in a horrible crash, um, and has now had another horrible crash on a handbike, at which he's won Olympic medals, uh, and is in a pretty bad way in hospital. So uh, we send our very best wishes to him and hope he gets well soon. And to Terry Saunders. And my... Uh, we haven't had time to talk about it. It's slightly less worthy. But do you remember last episode, I talked about I was going to learn to ride a bike. Yes. And I was going to buy a bike. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd keep you up on my progress. Yes. Which is, I have not yet bought a bike. Oh. Oh, Why? What's What's been the barrier to your buying a bike? Money, laziness, uh, <laughs> fear. Where Where are you at with it? Where Where in your journey? I haven't yet planned the route. Have you done any research? Or I walked to a bike shop in Stratford. Mm. where I was told they did second-hand bikes and they'd be very helpful. And the guy there did not do second-hand bikes and was not very helpful. And I'd walked... It was one of those heatwave days, and I walked for like an hour Mm. because I couldn't find it. And all he did was give me a leaflet to a place where they do bike training to learn to ride a bike. And I went on the website, and they're all shut for COVID. So it was less than helpful. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know that walk that you did to get to the shop, you know what would have helped you get there quicker? 
Uber. We'll be back next week to discuss the not-quite-Austrian Grand Prix in Austria. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1sake. You can buy some stuff. Terry, where can you buy our merch? You can now exclusively buy our merch in WH Smith's. So when you're buying a magazine, they will offer you a Yorkie bar for a pound or one of our T-shirts. Only kidding. You've got to go to ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Is it like, can you can you buy some of our T-shirts to get a bottle of water because the T-shirt is cheaper than a bottle of water? Yeah, that's the idea. That'd be great. Thanks for listening. See you next week. I'm Fatih Kraz. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network.